This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. It is time once again for some crowd sorcery. And hello. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is something I do every couple of weeks to let you know about all the crowdsource games that are going to be ending their run in the next couple of weeks. And this time, I'm on the road in our brand new RV. Brand new 20-year-old RV that my wife and I just picked up. We've flown down to Central California to an undisclosed location. My wife and my brother-in-law are outside right now kicking the tires. We're about to be taking it for a test drive. But, uh... Crowdfunding waits for no one, and so i got to give you some new crowd sorcery today. I've got seven games to talk about that will be ending their run in the next couple of weeks that are particularly interesting to me, and I'm going to tell you about them right now, although I'd rather tell you all about this. Uh, I'll probably be doing some more stuff about the RV later in the week, but this is not crowd RVing. This is crowd sorcery. So, uh, let's get going, starting with the first game on the list I want to talk about, Draft and Write Records which ends its run on October 18th. And let's see, hopefully the Wi-Fi reaches. We're right at the hairy edge of the Wi-Fi. Come on, you can do it. There we go. Oh, good, good, good. Okay, cool. So, uh, this is a roll and write, obviously. It is about trying to develop uh, your own band. You've got a handful of cards that represent different potential band members. You keep one for yourself and scribble things on your piece of paper that represent your growing um, abilities of your band, where you're going to tour, um, you know, what types of audiences, how well do the different bands members mesh how well is their music sound all of that stuff i love the subject matter and um i love card drafting uh you know all uh, seven wonders or sushi uh, go and uh i love rolling rights so i'm very very excited to see this one which ends its run on october 18th all righty next up let's talk about materia prima the inquisition which is um Something I was never interested in, the original Materia Prima, which is about alchemists trying to, you know, alchemists going to alchemy, right? They run around, they get uh, components or reagents, they make potions and philosopher's stones and stuff like that. The original game had a fair bit of player versus player take that in it, which was just not interesting to me at all. But this new Inquisition expansion brings cooperative play in, and it looks really good. Especially because the Inquisitors never let up. They are constantly chasing you. This is not a co-op game where, oh, problems appear in the world and are slowly spreading like pandemic here the problems chase you down and try to end you kimberly uh, did a great preview on the channel you can go check that out she really sold me on the tension and the drama you feel every step of the way as these things are chasing you down so um i think it is definitely worth checking out uh was it uh materia prima the inquisition which ends its run on october 18th Okay, folks, and next up we have got The Age of Comics, The Golden Years, another game that Kimberly covered for the channel. You can watch her preview. This is a worker placement style game set in the golden era of comics. You know, think the original Superman and Phantom and Captain America, you know, back the original uh, Human Torch. Anyway, uh, I'm really excited about this after watching Kimberly's preview because it's a worker placement game where you are trying to get the right artist, the right writers to make the right genre of comic, you know, because, you know, trends are all. Always changing, and if you can't make the right comic, 
rip off somebody else's, do a carbon copy knockoff, and uh, maybe uh, cruise on the success of others. And in addition to that, there's this whole area control thing where you're not only trying to get all the right people to make the right comics, but you're trying to get the best newsstands to actually sell the things out in the city. I love the subject matter, and um, after seeing Kimberly's excellent preview, I know the gameplay is really good too, which is why I thought it was worth mentioning The Age of Comics, which ends on October 19th. Alrighty, after that, we have got Daybreak, which um, is a cooperative game that is co-designed by Matt Leacock, Mr. Pandemic, uh, an incredibly influential design. Although it's interesting, this game doesn't really necessarily follow the pandemic formula as players work to solve uh, climate change. And um, because this game comes with a big old thick deck of, I think, 150 completely unique cards. Think, you know, Terraforming Mars style stuff. Every one of these cards represents a different technology we can use to fight climate change and save the world. And I love that really the core message of this game is um, there is no silver bullet. We got to do a little bit of everything to save our planet and ensure a green future. And that's what we are working to do in this game, which again, did I mention is co-designed by Matt Leacock, the creator of Pandemic. So it's worth checking out just for that. But the fact that it's um, introduced, it'll probably introduce players to all kinds of new positive, hopeful change for the future, which really pulls me in and makes me very excited about Daybreak, which ends its run on Backerkit on October 20th. By the way, folks, there's going to be links for all of these things down in the show notes, including where we have done previews of them if you want to know more about these games. But anyway, let's move on to the next one. Kimberly is back covering another game, Lunar Rush, which is a very, very cool game that I have to admit, I was a little hesitant about when I first saw it, because it's a basically kind of a pick-up-and-deliver game. We are harvesting resources of the moon and bringing them back to Earth to make a better future for humanity. A lot of that in the in the board game industry these days. I wonder why that is. I wonder why uh, designers are inspired to talk about um, hopeful visions of the future. I don't know, but I love it. Anyway, though, here's the problem, folks. This is a logistical challenge of this game, because it takes days to get ships from the Earth to the moon and back. And as we're trying to develop this uh, lunar colony, if we need resources from the Earth, i got to get it on a ship. There are slow ships and fast ships. The fast ships will get there quick. The slow ships will take days. But, of course, the fast ships are smaller. There's not as much space. Can I get what I need on that fast ship so I can get it quick? Or, nope, it's full. All right, I'll get it on the slow ship, and I'll see it three days from now. And I love that kind of logistical challenge of, okay, I need the stuff now. I've placed the order, but i got to figure out what am I going to do for the next three days while I'm waiting for it to show up. And at the same time, I'm trying to get stuff up to the moon. I'm trying to get the mined resources back down to Earth as well, where, once again, timing really plays a big part. And it is just, again, watch Kimberly's preview. Links for it down in the show notes, and you will see why this is such a very, very cool little Euro game all about short and long-term logistical planning, and I'm really impressed by it. Lunar Rush, uh, ending again on October 20th. Okay, let's move on to the next one, uh, which is called Leaf. This is from designer Tim Eisner, who's got a really, really good uh, pedigree. Come on, Wi-Fi, you can do it. I'm just right on the edge of Wi-Fi, folks. Will you play? You can do it, video. You can... There it is. Okay, so this is... It's kind of a... uh, 
a tile lane game, but not really, because the tiles are big, colorful leaves. Not tiles with leaves on them, but actual um, tokens in the shape of leaves. And on your turn, you grab a particular type of leaf, and you have to add it to this common tableau of leaves. You know, kind of like how the Carcassonne kingdom just builds over time as players build and add to it. But when you put the leaf down, you see the tips of the leaves. What other leaves do they touch? That determines the actual actions you can do in this game, whether it's, you know, attracting wildlife or storing food or whatever it might be. And I am really keen on giving this a go. It looks gorgeous. And after I saw Amy and Maggie, Thinker Themer, do a wonderful video of it, they really sold me on this as well. Uh, This is tiling like any I have never seen before. Really organic feeling. And it just seems really sharp. I think it's worth checking out. By October 21st, Leaf. Alrighty, and then the last one I want to talk about today is, um, we're going back into space, folks. Back to Frozen Frontiers from Cosmodrome Games, the developers of Aquatica and Mobile Market, Smartphone Inc. Uh, These are some smart, smart designers, and this is a sharp game. Now, I've done a preview for this one. You can watch my run-through and see just why Jen and I fell so hard in love with this. We are trying to develop a faraway exoplanet on the other side of a wormhole so that we can mine resources and send them back to Earth, because once again, we need to save the Earth. But this game is all about building big colony cities that can do all kinds of things. And what really draws me into this game, aside from the great presentation, the dual layer boards, the multi-use cards, oh, sweet, sweet multi-use cards that kind of borrow from uh, Martin Wallace's brass in the way they work, which is awesome in and of itself. But the thing is, as we build up these cities on the planet, we're either every turn playing a card to develop a city even further, or moving to a city to activate it based on all the stuff that's already been developed there. And, um, hey, it's great if I activate buildings in a city that I built, but you love it when I activate your buildings as well. And the more these cities get built up, there's a really strong area control game going on. It's so sharp. There's a lot going on. It's a great production, sharp design. I highly recommend it personally. But again, don't take my word for it. Check out my preview of Frozen Frontiers. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Uh, Not just Frozen, which is what I have at the bottom of the screen. Frontiers. (laughs) Which ends its run on October 25th. Alrighty, from Cosmodrome and Arcane Wonders. And those were the big ones, folks. Those were the seven that really jumped out at me. But I've got a few more to talk about because there have been some other games that are ending their campaign that were uh, showcased on my channel, the Rotter Runs Through channel. So I figured, what the heck, let's uh, talk about them a little bit, shall we? Starting with Factions of Saul, which ends its run on October 13th. Are you going to play video? You can do it. Come on, video. Oh, I think my Wi-Fi might... Oh, oh here we go. There we go. Okay, it's, it's going. It's good. Ah, uh, trying to film in an RV on the hairy edge of nowhere, folks, is challenging. But anyway, so Faction Assault is another pick-up-and-deliver game. And like I said earlier, pick-up-and-deliver is not my jam. Um, This one does have some very, very cool stuff going on. Kimberly did a preview for it, so you can uh, watch. She really liked it. She loves pick-up-and-deliver. We are jetting around or rocketing around the solar system, grabbing stuff in one planet, taking it to another, using the special ability of planets we visit, our own special abilities. But what makes this special is when you move... 
you drop debris off everywhere you've moved. And that basically kind of clogs up the space lanes and makes it more expensive for you and other players to move through those same spots later. That's a really interesting idea. I love this concept of, you know, uh, the uh, the solar system uh, traffic jam that players are constantly gumming things up. Now, there will eventually come a moment every once in a while where all of the cubes that represent that debris disappear. And then it's smooth sailing once again. So the game kind of goes through these different waves of, oh, we're doing a lot of stuff. We're slowing down. It's getting tougher and tougher. And then, boom, there's a new gold rush. And again, you can watch Kimberly's video of it to get a sense for what that is like and how uh, things are really cool because, of course, it is the solar system. The planets are constantly in motion as well. You don't have to wait for the space lanes to clear out. Just wait for the planet to get to the right spot. Lots of sharp stuff. And if you like... Um, pick up and deliver, and you are looking for a big, epic-length game, like a two-hour-plus game, this one is definitely worth checking out. Check out Kimberly's preview of Factions of Saul, which ends on October 13th. Uh, After that, we've got another science fiction game, folks, and it's a big one, Terraforming Mars, The Dice Game, which I did a preview for. And, yeah, this does exactly what it set out to do. This gives the terraforming Mars experience in a fast half-hour playing game that is a great gateway. If you have people in your life who, wow, that ticket to ride was really cool, and oh, I like that Carcassonne too, what else have you got? And you say, oh, this is my chance. Uh, If you love terraforming Mars, but you want to play it with the loved friends and family who don't want to play board games, get this, because this is a great gateway. Uh, It's driven by dice, it's very, very quick playing, but we're still doing all all the same terraforming Mars stuff. Building up the infrastructure of the red planet to raise the temperature, raise the O2 level, uh, ray, you know, bring water to the planet by smashing asteroids in and developing biospheres and cities. All the stuff you love, plus a lot of dice rolling too. And if you're looking for a lightweight, either gateway or gateway plus game uh, in the terraforming Mars universe, it delivers. For me and Jen, it's a little bit too lightweight. We'd probably go more for, I mean, terraforming Mars is too heavy and long for us. Uh, terraforming Mars Ares Expedition is just right. But this is on the light end. And I could see this, if you just want Terraforming Mars in a half an hour, the dice game will give it to you. If you want Terraforming Mars that you can play with board game newbies who you think might be interested, this game will give it to you. And it does it wonderfully. And its campaign ends on October 30th, 13th, 13th. So you don't have much time for Terraforming Mars, the dice game. Now that's, it's been a big hit, but let's talk about a monster hit. Let's talk about Tainted Grail, Kings of Ruin, which uh, Shay did a run through. I actually covered the original Tainted Grail when it was on um, crowdfunding years ago. And now on GameFound, you can get this new standalone sequel that is set um, in a post-apocalyptic Arthurian legend. Think uh, was it Carthic McCorm- or you know, Car- Carthic McCormie's The Road? Uh, the, the Road, you know, that novel about how just grim and depressing the future is when everything's about to, when everyone's dying and it's all horrible. Picture that in Arthurian Camelot. Uh, and that's what you're going to get here. It is a grim, dark world where heroes are trying to bring light back. And while I was super impressed by the original Tainted Grail, it was too grim and dark for me and my wife, Jen. I thought the gameplay was great. I thought the narrative was great. It was very emotionally engaging. It, um, And Shay has now done a preview for this new King of Ruins. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he basically said, as far as he's concerned, it has the best written uh, and most emotionally engrossing narrative of any adventure game he has ever played in board game form. 
And that's saying something, folks. And I'm not surprised because I was really blown away. It was amazing just how um, transported to this world my wife and I were with the original. And from what I've seen of Shay's preview, Kings of Ruin improves on the original game in every way. So if you'd like to know what all the hubbub is about, you have until October 18th to check out Tainted Grail Kings of Ruin on GameFound. Okay, we got a few more though, folks. Uh, going from big, heavy, apocalyptic stuff to cute, adorable, cookie run Kingdom the Board game. Now, this is based on a very popular video game series. It is another very, very lightweight uh, worker placement game. You know, again, uh, if you're looking for a game that you can um, bring new folks in, including kids, into the modern world of designer worker placement board games, you might want to check this out. It's Cute as a button, sharp gameplay. Uh, there's a focus on worker placement and on tiling as everybody's building up their best cookie run kingdom that they will ultimately have to defend from invaders. And you can see all of this in the excellent and really interesting run through that Ryan Crichton of Knights Around a Table did for the channel. You just want to check this run through out anyway. There's never been another board game video like it ever. Uh, I think it's really great and I'd love to hear what people think. But all that aside, if you're looking for a very, very light, Wait, wonderful little charming intro to board games um, to use with friends and family. You might want to check out Cookie Run Kingdom, which ends its run on October 21st. Okay, folks, next up there is Big Top Rumble, another lightweight, uh, gateway, family friendly game all about trying to run the best circus you can. And the interesting thing is, this is from um, Italian designers, Italian uh, publisher, and what they did is they went out to actually real-world, modern-day Italian circuses and got the rights to use the circuses, to use their acts, to use their performers, and bring them into the game. So there's a real... This game is made with love. And so if you really love the circus, um, and you love card drafting, and you love bag building... This is maybe something to check out. Kimberly did a preview for it. You can watch her video. And now, this almost feels kind of like a party game to me when it boils right down to it. Because after you, um, you know, if I recruit a trapeze artist, fans of that sort of thing are going to go in the common bag. And uh, later on, somebody else will reach in that bag to see what uh, attendees come to their circus. And hey, those were the people I wanted to come to mine, but they ended up coming to yours. And so as you might imagine, folks, there can be some rumbles as uh, the different circuses vie for control over these audiences and get them to come and spend money. Uh, and I think this is one of those games where, you know, you pull stuff out of the bag and yes or no, and everybody's laughing. Like I said, more of a lighthearted, you know, kind of in-your-face party atmosphere with a lot of swingy luck and just silly outcomes. And uh, yeah, if you want to know more, check out Kimberly's preview. There's a link for it down in the show notes for Big Top Rumble, which is ending its run on October 21st. And the last one, folks, is Majesty of Dragons, which, oh my gosh, this game is so gorgeous. Now, this is kind of a Magic the Gathering style, two wizards going head-to-head, and that's really not my kind of thing, but I'm so glad Shay stepped up to cover because he likes that kind of thing, and this does stuff very differently. First of all, um, you know, all of the uh, the units that I can recruit to go and destroy you in typical Magic the Gathering or Pokemon the card game or, you know, UGO or whatever style, they're all dragons. They're all stupid. Stunningly gorgeous. Um, you know, this is from the same artist who did the art for Isle of Cats, and uh, he's also the designer on this as well. So it's a real passion project. This game. But here's the interesting thing about this game: there's only dragons, and these dragons have a mind of their own. You might think, "Oh, well, I've recruited you. You're my dragon." 
Maybe not. A big part of this game is players not only just trying to hit each other over the head with attacking dragons or defend themselves with defending dragons, but vying for control over the dragons. Oh, you thought that dragon was on your side? No, he likes me more now. And so the game has this kind of seesaw over every single dragon in the game while we're still trying to use them to actually directly attack each other. There's a wide variety of powers these dragons have, and there's, I think, five different ways you can win. This is not just about knocking your... uh, you know, hitting your opponent for 20 hit points. There's a lot of different ways you can go about this game. It's got a lot of interesting stuff. Shaded a fantastic preview of it to let you know what Majesty of Dragons is all about. And it ends on uh, the 21st. Okay, folks, and that is it. We have finished another crowd sorcery in the bag, on the road, and I gotta get going because my wife and my brother-in-law have just been hovering outside. We gotta take this beast for our first test drive. Oh, I'm very excited. We'll be talking more about this later in the week. If you want to know more about our RV exploits, hey, maybe, maybe you want to go on ahead and subscribe to the channel right there. Uh, And uh, yeah, there's some other stuff you can do in the meantime. All kinds of videos on the channel all the time. And otherwise, thanks for watching. Talk to you later. So long. Bye-bye. And now I'm just gonna stare at the camera until you click on a thing. Blink, blink. Click. Come on! Go, go, go! Gotta go.